man. We give thanks to God for our worship team and our tech team in the booth. And can we just thank them, please? I want to tell you, it's so great uh, to be back in person with you this week for many of us. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, it is a... Uh, it's an interesting thing to try to preach a sermon to a room full of uh, empty seats. And uh, <laughs> so I'm so thankful to have y'all back here this week uh, together and, and to still have our folks with us online as well. But um, one of the things that I was thinking just as we were singing that song just now, I didn't say this early service, but um, you know, it is sometimes weeks like last week that we are reminded though that uh, we don't just go to church, that we are the church. Wherever we are, uh, we're the church. And even when we can't share the same physical space, uh, the place where we gather in Jesus' name, Christ is with us. God's word reminds us of that, right? So, so it is sacred space. And so I think uh, those reminders are good. Uh, although we've had a few more of those reminders than I would care to have over the last couple years, I think it's important for us to remember that, uh, that we are the church, that Christ is building his church, that he uh, started building the church well before the church had buildings, that it began with that proclamation, right? Jesus gathered with his disciples and he said, who do you say I am? And, and Peter says, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. And he said, that's right, Peter. Uh, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, God's spirit. And, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. And so Christ was building his church even before his church had a building. And now we have wonderful buildings and we're so thankful for this building. But, but Christ is building his church through folks like you and me. We're your church. I love, I love that that song says that. Build your church. We're your church. I was reminded of that last week uh, when we aren't, weren't able to share this physical space. I want, I want to just say how thankful I am uh, that we were able to have worship together last week in spite of being able to share the physical space because of the weather. Uh, but there were a lot of people, I want you to know, there are a lot of people every week that make it possible for us to have worship. I hope you know that. Uh, there are a few of us that get to, to be up front and, and, and are visible, but there are so many people every week that make worship happen that, that you don't see. And that was so true last week as well. Uh, Pastor Lee and I were the main ones that were up here in front uh, in front of the camera, uh, although there was a little bit of time, if you watched last week, uh, I was behind the camera as the cameraman, and uh, it showed. I, t I told Angel, I said, I'm so glad you're here this week. The cameraman last week was awful. Um, there was a time when I was doing announcements, if you watch a service last week, where the center of the screen is right here, and I was kind of over here, like almost off the screen, and that was the time when there was no one behind the camera, because I had left the camera to come up here on stage, so just a little glimpse into what was happening behind the scenes last week. There was, uh, you know, Lee and I were basically up front. Michelle was up here for just a few minutes, but most of the time, she was the tech booth last week, so usually we have three or four people up there running the tech booth. Last week, that was Michelle, so if you see Michelle, uh, tell her thank you, and, and and um, how much we appreciate her because she was here. There were four of us in the building last week, and, uh, and we got it done. It happened. 
Uh, but it wasn't just us four last week that made worship happen. I, I found myself sending text messages and emails this week to folks, uh, just thanking them for, for what they did. I mean, we had so many people last week. There were people that were uh, contributing behind the scenes. They were checking weather reports. They were communicating with volunteers. They were sending out email and text alerts. They were sharing posts on social media. There were people that were ready to come scrape the parking lot on Sunday morning if we needed them to. There was uh, someone that came Saturday night and put up cones and, and barriers so that people couldn't do donuts in the parking lot if it snowed on Saturday night so it'd be easier to scrape on Sunday morning. I mean, there were folks doing all kinds of things last week. Um, above and beyond. There were people that were answering calls and text messages from the pastor late on Saturday night and early on Sunday morning trying to uh, get help making the decision on what we needed to do. I mean, I can't tell you how thankful I am for, for all those folks. And, and I, I'm telling you that story for a reason. I, I genuinely wanted to say in front of everybody, thank you. But there's also another reason why I'm telling you this this morning. Now, some of y'all know that I like to start my sermon usually with a story that that illustrates the point of my sermon for the day, right? Well, well, it just so happens that what happened last week was the perfect illustration for what I want to talk about this week. And, and to borrow a phrase that I usually reserve for Bible stories, I'm going to use today because I think it applies to, to this story in its own way about what happened last week is it's not just that it happened. You know the rest of it? It's that it happens all the time. I'm so proud to be able to say that uh, as, as your pastor, that the circumstances were different and they were a little more drastic last week, but the, but the collaboration, the, the teamwork that made the dream work uh, that took place last week, it's something that happens all the time here among our fellowship family. So I want to say thank you. Uh, one of the things that I want you to realize too is that if you participated last week, if you took the time to log on and be a part of worship last week, you made worship happen too. And I don't want you to ever forget that. It takes us all uh, to be able to, to do what we feel like God is calling us to do and to be who we feel like Christ is calling us to be as a, as a family of faith here. And that's, that's, that's exactly what I want to talk about for just a few minutes this morning as we continue this conversation around this word, sharing. Because that's what we did. We shared in worship together last week. And it's not just that it happened. It's that it happens all the time. Last week, we, uh, I shared with you the, the, these three rocks, these three big, big rocks that we want to focus on this year that, that point us to that one word that we feel like is our word for the year, this word sharing. There, there are three what I hope to be building blocks for our lives and our life together in 2022 as we uh, kind of an expression of God's vision and guidance for us. This phrase that we've been living into and living out over the last uh, year or two uh, this idea of sharing life together in Christ. Last week, I shared these, these three things that go along with that that have to do with sharing. We talked about sharing meals last week, uh, sharing ministry, and sharing me. Last week, we talked about sharing mi mi uh, meals. Next week, I'm going to talk a little bit about what sharing me is about. But today, for just a few minutes, I want to talk about what it looks like uh, for us to, sh to participate in, in sharing ministry, what sharing ministry is all about. And I've got a little sticky phrase I want to share with you today just to kind of put in your mind that you can kind of hang on to as we, as we go through this together today. Um, but this kind of embodies what I think is important for us to remember when we think about sharing life together in Christ and, and sharing ministry. So here it is. Sharing life and ministry is so much better when we're sharing them 
together. Sharing life is so much better when we share it together. Sharing ministry is so much better when we share it together. And, and, and through this thing that we call church, we get, to, we get to put those together. We get to share life and ministry together. That's what I want to talk about this morning. And, and the truth is this. We weren't intended to do life alone, were we? Um, we, we aren't supposed to follow Christ alone. Our, our faith is, is personal, but it's not private. Our identity is not to be understood in isolation. Our passion and our purpose in life and for life is found in fellowship, not just the church, but in the idea of fellowship, although I think our church is very appropriately named because I think that's something that, that really defines us well. All these things are intended to happen in community, but, but a specific kind of community, a Christ-centered community where each person does their part. And in doing so, each person discovers their identity. They're, they're able to pursue their passion and their purpose for life. It's this uh, unique context of relationships, network of relationships that we call sharing life together in Christ. So, so I want to dig into that a little bit this morning. And I want you to know that that's not something new, right? This is something that uh, has been the case. It's been the foundation of this thing that we call church since the very beginning. We talked about Peter's proclamation. Then we see Jesus's life, death, and resurrection. We get to the book of Acts in the Bible. This is where all of the people who had followed Christ and were following Christ were seeking to live that out in their lives. And, and the book of Acts gives us a great picture of that. Last week, we looked at Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and it described this. It says, these people, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. This is the church that, that Christ was building. And then a few verses later, it's this picture of, of the power of what happens when we share not only life, but, but ministry together in Christ. It says, all the believers, this is Acts 4.32, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. See, this was a group of people that, that were doing more than just going to church. This was a group of people that had decided that they were going to be the church, that they were going to be a part of, of Christ building his church before there was a building. Uh, whatever they had was, was whatever they had. It was whatever they were willing to share with one another. They, they had taken ownership of their faith and their fellowship. They saw life and ministry both as this partnership with God and with one another in light of the good news of God's grace that had been revealed to them in Jesus Christ. See, God had revealed God's plan to them in Christ. And now in Christ, through this network of relationships that were connected through Christ, they found meaning, new meaning, new purpose in life and for life. And that purpose was found in this word that we're focusing on. It was found in, in sharing. Not only had they been tasked with the purpose of sharing the good news of God's grace with one another, they had been tasked with the purpose of learning how to share life together in community. They had this shared identity and this shared purpose. And these relationships were, were different than any other relationships that they had had before. It, it transformed their relationship with God and it transformed their relationships with one another. And so the Apostle Paul uh, was tasked with, with teaching these churches how to learn how to do life together in Christ. And so that's where we get the letters. Many of the letters in the New Testament was the Apostle Paul's letters to these churches, these communities 
that met together and were sharing life together. And, and one of the most helpful pictures of this, the, the most powerful metaphor, I think, the Apostle Paul uses it in so many of his letters when he talks about the church is this idea of the body of Christ. You've heard that before, right? He talks about the church being the body of Christ. I think this is such a powerful picture of shared life and ministry. I wanna read just a few examples of it for you in the New Testament today. You've probably heard this one before, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, just as the body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. That's a shared identity and this shared purpose. Romans 12 says, just as each one, each of us has one body and many parts, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each one of us. See, throughout the New Testament, there are these descriptions and examples of God's people sharing in God's plan and purpose with each person doing their part. And one of my favorites is uh, one of my favorites of these passages in the New Testament. I want to read it to you from my Bible this morning. This is where what Paul has to say to the church in Ephesus. So if you want to follow along with me, it's going to be on the screen too, but if you want to follow along in your Bible, this is Ephesians chapter 4 uh, verses 11 through 16. I want you to listen for this idea of not only sharing life together, but sharing ministry together and the, and the blessing that it brings. So Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful schemes. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. See, friends, I think this is such an important word for you and me today, for, for us as followers of Christ and as the church. And, and, and I want you to know I'm not just talking about our church now. I'm talking about the, the big C church, the the church universal. But I am gonna use the word we because I think we're a part of that. I wanna speak the truth in love to you this morning and, and say this. We were never intended to just go to church, to attend worship and then to just go on with our lives. Church was never intended to be a place for us to simply come and, and sit there and receive some good music or maybe a good sermon, although we do have great music and sometimes the sermon's pretty good, I guess. But that's not the point. That's not the purpose. See, church was never about just coming to, to receive. Church, but on the other hand of that, church is not intended just to be a place for you to come and feel like, feel obligated to give 
to give your, your time or your talents or your treasure. See, church is intended to be both and. It's giving and receiving. It's God's intent for us as, as followers of Christ in the church is about sharing. It's about sharing life with one another, but not just any old life, right? It's life together in Christ. Remember what Jesus said, I came so that you may have life, life to the fullest, life abundant, life eternal in me. And so this is the kind of life that Christ wants us to share, not just with one another, but with those around us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, Jesus said, I gotta go be with the Father, but, but when I send, I'm, I gotta go to be with the Father so I can send you the gift, the advocate, the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, you're gonna do even greater things than I did because the Spirit lives within you. Those are, that's a bold statement. Have you ever thought about that? That Jesus, that what God did in the flesh through his son Jesus, God wants to do in and through the fellowship, through his people, through the church, through, through people like you and me, that that's our identity, that that's our purpose. So we don't just go to church. The reason why we go to church is so we can be the church. The church is not, going to church is not the end. It's the means. It's, we go to church so that, because our identity and our purpose is to be the church. And I think sometimes we miss that. Somewhere along the, the way, we miss the mark with that or miss the point. Again, I'm not just talking to our church. I'm talking about the church. There are so many places in the church where we've gotten this wrong, where I think, like Paul says, like infants, we've, we've followed the, we've been tossed it back and forth by, by the waves and the winds. We've followed the winds of of, of wild teachings that have mixed biblical faith with this idea of rugged individualism where, where instead of sharing life, it's just about me and Jesus. And that's not wrong. My, my friend J.D. Walt says this about a lot of things. He says, that's true as far as it goes. It just doesn't go far enough. Let me tell you what I mean by that. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, says the Bible knows nothing of solitary religion. There is no doubt that we need a personal relationship with Jesus, amen? But that relationship impacts and involves our relationships with others. And in the same way, our relationships with others impact our relationship with Jesus. We, we need each other in order to grow in our relationship with Jesus, and we need Jesus in order to grow in our relationships with others, amen? You see how that, makes, how that works both ways? I think sometimes we miss the mark on that as the church. I think also we, we miss the mark in that we've been seduced by by crafty people and the, the cult of personality that's crept into our churches. We, we live in a culture where charisma is celebrated over character. And so churches become more about entertainment than engagement. Now in our culture and even church culture, we have celebrity preachers and we have super Christians that have created not only un unrealistic expectations for our leaders, it's almost created this upper class of Christianity that makes people think, oh, I can never, I can never do that. I, 
God could never use me like that. I wonder if there's anyone here today that's ever struggled with that. You've seen someone else, somebody on TV or maybe somebody else in, in, your, in, in your life and you said, oh man, that's, that's what a Christian is supposed to look like and, and that's just not me. God could never use me. Have you ever, you don't need to raise your hand. Have you ever felt like that? God could never use me. Well, friends, if that's you, I just wanna say this to you today. I'm just speaking the truth in love. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Excuse me. That not only denies your identity as, as an image bearer of God, but, but it denies the work of Jesus on the cross because his grace is sufficient for you. You need to know that today. That's, that's the truth in love. God created you with precision and with purpose. Christ died for you so that you might have life abundant and eternal. His spirit lives in you and works in and through you. So when you say God can't use you, not only are you putting limits on yourself, you're putting limits on God. With us, things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. I don't like to be in your face a lot of times, but I just feel led to do that today. So I hope you'll receive that in love. Now you may say, God can't use me like that, like that person. And, and that may be true as far as it goes, but it just doesn't go far enough. God may not wanna use you like that person, but that's only because you're not that person. Does that make sense? God may not wanna use you like that person or, or this person or somebody that you see over here because God has a purpose for you because of who you are and, and how God has uniquely created you and called you to be the person that you are. God wants to use you maybe in a way that God can't use anyone else because it's something only you can do. So I just want you to be open to that today as well to know that God can use you and God will use you if you say to God, here I am, I'm yours. That's why, the, that's why the metaphor of the body of Christ is such a powerful one, I think, because it, it, it says that. It says not everybody is a mouth. Thanks be to God, right? Not everybody gets up here and does this. Not everybody gets up here and does what Lee does or what any of us do. Not, not all of us are called to get up in front of people and, and, and do things. There are things that, all of us are called to do though, and, and we're not called to do what God's called someone else to do. We're, we're called to do what God called us to do. But when we all do what God has called us to do, that's when the body is healthy and the body thrives. See, God made each of us to do our unique part as a unique part of the body. And when we're doing that, the body functions and flourishes in the way that it was intended as each person does its part. God has a purpose for each of us that are part of our, uh, that are all part of his plan for salvation. And the role of, of folks like your pastors and your teachers and your leaders who get up here is to, to remind you of that and to equip you to do just that, to do what God has created and called you to do. Let me read that passage one more time. Verse 11, it says, so Christ himself gave you the apostles and the prophets and the evangelisms and the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. 
until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. See, God's intent is for the church to equip you for the works of service in the congregation and the community that God has called you to and created you for so that the body of Christ might be built up. The body of Christ that you're a part of, right? So see, when you're being who God created you to be and doing what God called you to do, when you're building up the body of Christ, you're being built up as well because you're a part of the body of Christ. You see the mutual blessing of that, the giving and receiving? It's the mutual blessing of sharing, sharing life together in Christ. If you don't believe me, ask anyone who's ever served anywhere. Ask anyone who's ever given to the church or, or to a cause. They'll tell you about that mutual blessing. As a pastor, I get the joy and the honor of hearing people's stories. And time and time again, I hear folks who found their passion or their purpose through giving and serving. And they always say the same thing. Something like this. I got so much more than I gave. It's because we were created to share life together. Is it better to give or to receive? We talked about this last week. The answer is yes. It's both. It's sharing. The place to find life to the fullest is through these relationships of giving and receiving that are found in Christ. I think we've missed the mark on that sometimes. I do. I think that we've been disillusioned by some deceitful schemes of, of shepherds who've used their flocks for financial gain. I'm not saying here, I'm saying the big C church, remember? There are people who've built their own personal kingdoms on the compassion and generosity of others and it's left us with a bad taste in our mouth. Sometimes some forgiving and some with religion and church all together. I think that's why maybe if you're like me, sometimes you're apprehensive about sharing your faith with others because you know all the water under the bridge. If I hadn't made it clear, I'm going through those things in verse 14 uh, that, that Paul talks about, those things that trip us up, that toss us back and forth like infants in the water. Paul says in verse 14, we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, the cunningness and craftiness of people and their deceitful schemes. These are all examples of, of what I think of where the church can and, and has gotten it wrong. But, but I want to say this to you this morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, fellow members of the church, of the body of Christ. There are plenty of examples of where the church gets it right. And when the church it's it right. You know what happens. Lives are transformed. Communities are transformed. Families are transformed. By the power of God. Working in and through people like you and me, the people of God. Almost always when the church gets it right, it's everyone in the community involved in sharing life and sharing ministry together. That's what Paul describes in in verse 15 and 16. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part 
does its work. Isn't that a beautiful picture of what, who we are and, and who God calls us to be? God's people doing their part, pursuing their purpose as part of God's plan in a, in a particular place. That's, that's the church. Not everybody plays the same part, but everybody has a part to play. So the question I want to throw out to you today is this. What part will you play? What purpose will you serve? Would you be willing to, to be open to asking God that question this morning? How will you participate in God's plan by partnering with God's people to pursue your passion and purpose? How can you take ownership of your faith and our fellowship in a new way in this new year? What can that look like for you today, this week, this month, this year? It's not gonna look the same for any of us. We all have a different part to play. But as each person does their part, we get to fulfill our purpose in life and life together. You know, that word purpose is a word you probably hear a lot. There, I think there are more books written on purpose than any other book in history. And yet, I believe that, that our purpose, our true purpose, is found in this book. Because it tells us who we are, who God created and calls us to be. And when we're living into that, we find true purpose and true meaning. So, are you struggling with your identity this morning? Are you, are you searching for purpose? I just want you to know, God never intended you to struggle alone. God never intended for you to search alone. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have it all together to come and be a part of this thing called church. In fact, this is where you come to find that out. This is where you come to figure it out. This is where you come to, to wrestle and search and, and, and learn and grow together. So what does that need to look like for you? Maybe it's getting involved in a, in a small group of people that meet together. Maybe it's coming and learning more about Jesus and the church through The Chosen on Wednesday nights in February. Uh, maybe it's taking a next step in your faith journey to, to give. Maybe it's giving to the mission and ministry of the church. Maybe it's giving to the dollar club. Maybe you've never given at all before and you wanna start that. Maybe you've never tithed and you wanna tithe. Maybe you wanna go, maybe you've been tithing and you wanna go above and beyond that. Maybe, maybe you've heard us talk about whole life generosity where generosity is not just about money and you wanna be generous in other areas of your life. Maybe you wanna take a step into serving in the church or outside the church. Children's ministry, youth ministry, uh, hospitality on Sunday morning, filling up fuel bags for kids in our community, going to the journey home and serving folks there. Maybe you're ready to step out in faith and, and share your story with someone here in the church or maybe with someone outside the church. Maybe, maybe God's calling you to invite someone to come be a part of this fellowship, to share a little bit of yourself and and who you are and who we are. I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that next week. But whatever it is, wherever you are this morning, I want you to know that I'm praying for you and I hope you're praying for me.
because we need each other. The Bible knows nothing of solitary religion. It's about relationship. It's about our relationship with Christ that involves and impacts all of our other relationships and our relationships with others that help us grow in our relationship with Christ. So I want to invite you to continue to pray that we would make this idea of sharing life and ministry a focus in this new year as we seek to live out and live into this idea of sharing life together in Christ. If you do, I promise you're going to experience this mutual blessing that's ours in Christ. I want to pray for you this morning, and I want you to pray for me. Let's, let's pray together. God, I do thank you so much for this opportunity for us to be together today. Lord, may we never take it for granted that, that we're able to gather in, in Jesus' name and worship you, God. Uh, even though we don't share physical space with everyone, that we get to share this sacred space together. We thank, I thank you for each person that's here, God, and I thank you that you're here. God, I pray that you would just give us an awareness right now of your presence and provision and power in our lives, that, that you would just give us an awareness of your spirit speaking to us, speaking to our hearts and minds, leading us and guiding us, pointing us to, to who we are in you, pointing us to purpose and meaning in life through your son, Jesus. And God, I pray in this moment right now that you would soften our hearts in such a way that we might respond to whatever invitation that, that you present to us today. Whatever that looks like, Lord, right now. Lord, that we might need to take a next step of faith. Some maybe in a relationship with you for the first time. Some in a new relationship with you or, or new relationship with, uh, with others. Whatever that is, God. Like Samuel, speak. Your servant is listening. Lord, keep us in an attitude of prayer as we continue on in the service. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Worship team's gonna lead us in, in one more song that just reminds us of the relationship that we have in Christ with, with God and with one another. So I wanna invite you uh, for these last few minutes together this morning that you would take advantage of them however you feel like God's leading you. If you wanna come forward and pray, the altars are open. If you'd like somebody to pray with you, I'd love to pray with you. If you just wanna come pray by yourself, I won't bother you. If you wanna just stay in your seat and pray, if you wanna just sing this song, whatever it is, this is your time. Uh, to respond to whatever it is that God has for you and on your heart today. So I want to invite you to stand as we worship together.